What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Ben Drinking, Ben Watching. My name is Alex Ace Caimano, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Andrew Hogan and Matthew Belts. This week, we go into one of my personal favorites, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. This movie is an adaptation of Hunter S. Thompson's novel with the same title. The story is about a journalist and his attorney as they travel to Las Vegas to cover a motorcycle race in the desert, but decide to take the opportunity to indulge in a multitude of illicit drugs and embark on a quest to find the American dream. This movie is directed by Terry Gilliam and stars Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro and also features a bunch of cameos from other Hollywood stars. This episode of the podcast is officially, unofficially sponsored by Wild Turkey Kentucky Bourbon. We think Hunter S. Thompson would approve of the choice there. We had a lot of fun making this podcast, and we hope you enjoy it. Cheers, y'all. Oh, all right. What's going on? Been drinking, been watching. You can sit on your own dick for this one. I will answer, but I need to know the parameters here. Over your children's body. What? You like to party. What's not to love? The run I was on made Jagger and Richards look like droopy-eyed armless children. That's how I party. That's how I party. I was banging seven gram rocks. That's how I roll. Winning. I have one gear. Go. Epic winning. Are you bipolar? I'm by winning. Win here. Win there. Win, win. Epic winner. Er. I'm a total freaking rock star from Mars. Winning. Come on, bro. I got tiger blood. And we're rolling. Are we? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get that. Awesome. My uh, my levels are good. Everything's good, man. We're are any of them go. hot? Are any of them hot? Are any of them hot? Oh, we was, I was just talking about that the other day. Uh, uh, me and Dan were talking about how, um, like, Tim Curry's like, I'm really not sure what's so amazing about Tim Curry. What do you mean? He what's like, not amazing about Tim Curry? Well, he's like, well, I didn't get like the whole him as it. Like, why is him as it such a prolific performance? And I'm like, I think Tim Curry gets a lot of his uh, his uh, credibility from Rocky Horror. Like, as yeah, Rocky, like that, that's what made Tim Curry, you know, the man. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to talk about Pennywise, I mean, he's just like the perfect creepy, like 45-year-old man with the slimy yellow teeth to play that part. I totally agree. I love him as Pennywise. I, I prefer him over Skarsgård any fucking day. Like, if he wasn't, Andrew's got something to say about that, if he wasn't in a sewer grate, you would imagine he could be pulling up in a van wearing that same Pennywise costume and, you know. For sure. I could <laughs> see him coming out of the fucking woods to a kid's, uh, like, birthday. And he's like, oh, here's the hired clown. Knocks out the actual clown. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ben Drinking, Ben Watching. What up? Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, he, yeah, he. What are we drinking tonight, boys? Tonight we are drinking wild turkey bourbon whiskey because and what did we do tonight? We are doing Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Everybody. boys. Great to be back. Oh, Great yeah. to be back. <clears throat> so let's start off with uh, initial impressions here. Um, I want Matthew to go first. Ah, gladly. Um, this was fun. This was really fun, dude. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Uh, I remember the first time I saw this was probably in high school. And this is just one of those movies that you see at the right time. And you're just like, damn. Uh, I don't know. You just want to like go on that adventure with them, uh, you know, kind of take all those drugs and experience what they're experiencing, get all freaked out. And, you know, anyway, uh, when I, when I watched it the sec, uh, not second time, I've seen this a lot more than two times. Uh, when I watched it this time around, what really stood out to me was the cinematography. Mm -hmm. Big fan. 
have a lot to say about that. Uh, what also stood out to me was the acting. Johnny Depp, uh, actually the whole cast, but like definitely Johnny Depp, definitely Benicio. Um, some standout, you know, cameo performances by some people. Uh, the other two, the two other things that kind of struck me, which I'd like to touch on later, uh, was Terry Gilliam and right. just like where this fits into his body of work. I feel like that's something that I'd love to tease out with you guys. Sure. Uh, and then lastly, the thing that I would definitely like to touch on at some point is Hunter S. Thompson. And, you know, it, you can't really, you can't really, uh, talk about, fear and loathing the movie without talking about Hunter S Thompson and fear and loathing the actual book. I agree. I agree. You can't really do that, but I also wanted to not make this a cast about Hunter S Thompson. No, for sure. Because you and I could go off for for three hours, three hours. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, those are my initial impressions. I mean, it was a fun watch. Uh, What can I say? It's absolutely a fun movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, that, that's what I would say. How about you, Andrew? What do you so got? I agree that I had a really good time watching this movie because I actually I, I gave a, a lot of time to break it down as to why I did not enjoy the movie. Um, nice. I, I don't want to get into that yet, but just sure. just initial impressions. I think um, I think you two especially enjoy this movie. You have a background, and again, not to make it about Hunter S. Thompson, but you both have a background in Hunter S. Thompson. You know his works. Sure. You know what I mean. So um, I think if somebody's just watching this movie to watch this movie on its own standalone. Right. I think it's hard to get into it initially. And I think because of the characters in it, and I think because of the scene, like the visualization, like the it's in Vegas, it kind of has like a cool vibe. Initially you're like, it's, it's chaotic at first. Yeah. You're the casual movie watcher is watching it the first like half hour and is like, okay, like I don't quite get it yet, but something's going to happen. That's really just going to click for me. That's that, that's going to tie this whole story in. And at no point in the movie did I ever find that. I'm glad all. that I'm glad that you said that because that's something I want to touch on a little bit later as well. I kept asking myself, okay, like this is a fun movie, but what's the point? Right, and that's something right. I actually have some. I have some answers. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on that. But that's what I kept asking. What's the point? That's my biggest initial takeaway. Is that I don't. It's funny. I don't think there's necessarily a problem in this movie, which I think leads to why there's no resolution. Right. Mm. Right. I'm really I think this movie is that. a is a very direct portrayal of just anarchy. Right. Uh, they're on drugs. The and I do think. So you know what? That's my initial impressions. Okay. That's, that's my good. initial. That's that's where really I, good. Let's I'm, hear it, Ace. I'm glad that you brought that up, and I'm glad that you also have some points on it as well because I love this movie so 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 much. I watch this movie at least three times a year. Yeah. There's just this like I quote this movie in my life. You do. You do. This is like your script. All the (laughs) time. I love this movie so, so, so much. It's got like history with me and my uncle Dennis. Like we go back and forth with this movie all the time when a couple, a handful of other movies that we just quote at each other and just laugh and drink and have a great time. And I, I could just go off forever about how much I love it. But as an objective movie watcher, this is a movie without narrative. It, it really is, man. And it's, I was trying to think like, what is the one sentence synopsis of this movie? And at what point is it clear? I actually, I mean, if you want to get into it, I do have a rebuttal to that. I mean, the best that I could think of is a reporter and his attorney go to cover a, uh, dirt bike race in the desert and decide to take a different job of doing drugs and experiencing Las Vegas instead. You're not wrong. I mean, if you want to talk about what it actually is, you know, plot line, the physical plot, like that's what that is. I mean, I guess the, 
the philosophical plot is... And that's what's important with this movie, I would argue, I is agree. the philosophical question that's being asked, which is, what is the American dream? Right. And they're, they're on a quest for the American dream, but that's something that I wanted to ask you guys, too. What is the American dream to them in this movie, and why is Vegas the main nerve? Well, I, I would probably... I don't know. It's hard to say because, I mean, I really think that you have to ask yourself, what does Vegas stand for and why did they go there? Vegas stands for excess. And I feel like this whole movie, it's just it's about excess and it's sure. about them experiencing excess. And I mean, you also have to consider the context with which the book was written and then the movie was set. It's right. at the uh, it's at the end of the 60s. So this whole idea of free love and like all of these great, like harmonious values that the hippie generation was bringing into society at the time that uh, kind of died with the Mansons. It that was defeated. Died. It defeated America defeated that movement. Yeah, Manson killed it. Uh, the Rolling Stones over at Altamont, that was a turning point for the hippie movement. And then sure. Hunter S. Thompson was going to Vegas with, you know, kind of that ideal in mind, being like, okay, well, this is what, you know, for the past 10 years, we've kind of been living towards and on. But, like, now let me see what the American dream is. But, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go extreme. I'm going to go excessive. So it's like they go on this romp trying to figure out what the American dream is by going above and beyond. Uh and like at the end, I mean, that scene at the diner. Uh, oh, man, that's that's a weird that's when everything gets serious. Well, like, it's almost like that was that was a representation of the 60s coming to an end in, yeah, in the yeah. script with and within the book. Sure. And it gets uh, not just serious, but it becomes like lethal. Definitely, because they kind of flirt around with it and they joke about it. So, like, even I mean, I, I know I'm laughing about this, but I'm laughing because of the way it was portrayed in the movie. But like, right. what actually happened is fucking disgusting. But they kind of gloss over it. He sure. fucking he fucking molests and rapes. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, the waitress there? No, Christina oh, Ritchie. Oh, uh, Lucy. Lucy. Lucy called. Lucy called. Lucy. <laughs> well, and then they're like, they're trying to hide from her at the end. Well, see, like, that's, and it's that's, portrayed as a comedy, but then at the end, in the diner, it's like they actually get heavy and they let it sink in. Right. So, so to touch on, that's one of that's one point, almost like a bullet point that I that I really I put it in caps, like in my notes, was that um, let me find her here. So here's the thing: in this movie, I didn't see the humor in it if it was trying to be funny, and at the same time, if it was trying to convey something serious. I don't I think they really struggled with that, too. Like, yeah. I don't know who they're trying to appeal to with this movie. Right. Because, and, and to touch on your point about the American dream, I also think that the message of this story is the dangers of going after your dream, because initially after watching this movie, Interesting I, I was take. I was like, OK, I, I have to do a little bit of research into what led to this. Sure. And um, yeah, what'd you come up with? So Hunter S. Thompson. Um, let me scroll up here that way. Watch the exact here okay so yeah so um when sports illustrated assigned him to cover a motorcycle race in vegas yeah and then was they, it sports illustrated was it was it, it was sports illustrated they, oh, okay. they they chose him to cover this um this bike race in vegas i just got a call from corporate and they sent him <laughs> out headquarters there to, to handle this and they gave him a hard time about it the whole time you know what i mean like they kept pushing him for more and more and then ultimately they rejected the piece in general that's right. what led to him writing Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And that's what got published in Rolling Stone. Exactly. And that's what I think. So I think this really is like a direct translation of what he did after being rejected. Sure. <laughs> he turned to drugs and he turned to alcohol. And, and I don't think I think this whole movie is a fabrication. 
Well, I think that there are definitely pieces that might have happened. Like Dr. Gonzo was his actual mm -hmm. friend, attorney, uh, Oscar, uh, Oscar Acosta or something. Uh, I think it's a Acosta's, but Oscar, he, he was his actual friend and his attorney. And I think they were just two people who enjoyed pushing the limits of doing drugs and, and tripping out and going going deeper into uh, the philosophy of the American dream. Well, I think Hunter went on that journey. I think that uh, Dr. Gonzo, whatever his real name was, I think that he was just a vehicle to get a little bit crazier. But hold on, I really want to harp on something you just said, Andrew, is that it, that's when he turned to drugs. Again, this is how you. This is why you can't divorce the movie from the real man. Uh, he like that was his writing style. That's what he was developing even a little bit before this book. So when right. you, when you say he turned to drugs and like this is what got cranked out, that's not really what it was. This was like the apex of his style coming to fruition. Acosta, Acosta, Acosta. Yeah, Oscar Zeta Acosta. So like for example, if you go back in the history, his his first like real drugged out piece of writing was uh, Fear and Loathing of the Kentucky Derby. And right. it was the exact same thing that happened in Fear and Loathing, except he did it just like over one day with one person at the Kentucky Derby. They got, you know, crazed out on acid. They went there and like they, you know, he started writing his philosophical. It was a very personal, like that's that's his whole thing. That's gonzo journalism. Is right. that he puts himself into the situation and from him being in the situation, he creates meaning and he tells a journalistic story. So when when you say that it got rejected and then he wrote this, I, I think that this is what he wrote. And right. Then and that was that's what was rejected. That's what was rejected because they're like, this isn't journalism. Right. And this he's like, no, no, no this is journalism, but it's like of a it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid journalism. Well, especially when it gets to. And I know we keep saying we don't want to talk too much about Hunter, but I really I want to emphasize like I don't know how you can talk about this movie without talking about it. It's true. That's that's true. But I mean, it changes directions completely when you get to the drug convention. Like when they get to the drug convention, what like he, he was because that's so that's a part of this story as well, and that was a part of what was sent to uh, headquarters. Like mm -hmm. a part of his piece was covering the. The drug convention is like we didn't send you out here to cover the drug convention it just happened like we we sent you out here to cover the mint 500 but you got That's roped it. into it well yeah. not even that but it's like we need you back here and get us a cut like we need we need a piece for the fucking paper <laughs> and, and it was it was a uh, gonzo that was like ah no we're, we're we're carrying this on like we we need to go deeper for sure like we we haven't we haven't finished it yet. Mm. Like we're here to do the job, and I love that quote too. Is like, are we here to do the job, or are we here to entertain ourselves? And like, ah, do the job, of course. <laughs> Dude, can we talk about Benicio for a hot minute? I want to talk about Benicio and also Johnny Depp. Like, this is probably the most unrecognizable roles for both of them, just on looks. Take. What do you think? Not impressed. Uh, I don't agree on Benicio. Um, I think he's a bumbling fat idiot in most of the things that he's in. <laughs> really? What? Um, really? I don't Whoa, think he's. Hold on. Like, really? What can else we, can we have you defend like? yourself Be there? Benicio yeah. looks just like this in Savages. Um, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He has a huge gut in Savages. Uh, I don't think so. Does he? I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. No, Savages is. You're uh, going to double down on that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh wait, Sav savages. That's the one with the uh, the two guys and the one girl. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Two guys, one girl. That's yeah. savages. Yeah. 
Oh, yikes. It, I don't know if you know, I've seen this. No, yeah, you know what I'm thinking about? I don't know why anybody's questioning me. No, oh, sorry. He, he, I think I'm thinking about a different movie. I was thinking about, uh, what is that? The one by Cormac McCarthy that we always bring yeah, up. Yeah, 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 but we can't fucking remember the name Never of it Never can remember the name God of it. God damn it. God damn of it. God damn it. Um, but no, I mean, think about usual suspects. Think about um, Sicario. That's what it was. Sicario. Sicario. One and two. He was Sicario, yes. I would say he was svelte. Svelte. He was smooth. He, he was tight like a tiger. Then, uh, what, what's the other one? Hunter with Tommy Lee Jones or Hunted? The Hunted. The, the Hunted. Hunted. That was a good right. movie. That was awesome. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. fun. But Benicio's had body transformations. Like he's For looked, sure. Um, he's like the Spanish Robert De Niro. <laughs> he, um, uh, all right. What's it called? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and he's played Pablo Escobar. He was actually really good in that. Well, I saw like the first two hours of in what which, is like six hour movie. In which he good. looks the exact same as he looks in Fear and Loathing. I don't know. Yeah, uh, like, get on that ace. So everybody knows I've elected. Well, what about not, Johnny Depp then? What about Johnny Depp? Do you think that looks he kind of like looks Depp? like Whitey Bulger in this movie? He looks like a younger but version of the Whitey Bulger that, that he way, played. Yeah, you can't hold him up to before. the standards of Whitey Bulger. Not even that, but this movie was way, 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 way before any well, of that so, shit. So what's your question? Look, Man, like, what's you the think? state? Did you did you did you like them? Did you? I like thought Johnny as... Depp carried the movie for how weak the writing is in this movie. I think Johnny Depp. I don't think he was given a lot to play with, and I think that he was still extremely watchable the whole time. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Not only that, but he was fun to listen to. Like even when you couldn't understand him, the way well, that they the, framed he, him, he's got the. Yeah. I almost think the idea of Johnny Depp has become like a punchline when you when and I don't think people would give enough credit to his actual acting because of what his 2000s look like a lot of them are very commercial sure. you know sure. what I mean like people associate sure. the pirates and the in the Tim Burton movies you know it's what I rough mean? yeah it's rough <laughs> it is it's rough but like even in those performances he does still have some like oh yeah that's right he's Johnny fucking Depp you like know he I mean? can he can do the thing but like he had like Donnie Brasco before this you know sure. which, and then he and then he jumped into this and it's like oh man like he he's working he's he's not working with a lot and, and especially Benicio too like I it's tough to really say if I liked his character or didn't like it because I didn't understand a fucking word that he said neither of them like it, and I think that's that really adds to the idea if you don't know what this fucking story is about because mm -hmm. they don't ever directly talk about it they're just kind of talking in passing well but I love these what guys saying. all these guys have to work with is just what level of fucked up that their character is. Right, and I do like that they change um, who's the most fucked up in a situation. Like, there's situations where Benicio is out of control and Hunter, ha or Johnny Depp has to, you know, rein him in, and then the scene... Hey, sorry, we just had some technical difficulties. Everything just cut out and got really, uh, really weird, but we're back and we're gonna try uh, doing this again. Uh, we were just talking about, yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about, um, Benicio's look and now everybody kind of had, uh, Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro didn't have too much to work with from the script other than how fucked up they were as characters. And then they were like playing off that. When we get to like five minutes into this next session of recording, I'm going to be like, that's what we were talking about. That's exactly how it's going to work. It's going to kind of keep, keep going off of it. Um, but I was thinking that it was, I thought it was awesome how they both had 
Oh, that is what we were talking about. We were talking about the reversal of roles, and right. that's and we were talking about. Oh, I was getting into the salt shaker aspect. So, okay, so uh, he becomes the antagonist, like Andrew was right, saying. Right, that's what we said. We yes. had said that Benicio del Toro and Dr. Gonzo kind of <laughs> kind of work as he's the antagonist of this story, whereas Raul Duke Johnny Depp is the protagonist. And it's so weird because you know you would you would look at everything that Johnny well you look at everything that Raul Duke does in this movie, and you're like, oh, you're kind of villainous like you're kind of a scumbag uh, they're both kind of scumbags though they're, they're absolutely both, both scumbags, scumbags scoundrels they're scoundrels but there's definitely a level to benicio's uh to dr gonzo's scoundrelness uh that kind of trumps anything that raul duke does agreed he's malicious he's very like, malicious very malicious especially in i think that it becomes apparent in the cameron diaz scene in the elevator, in the elevator yeah in the elevator that was uh oh and i just think it's wicked funny how they get into it when they're like He's all fucked up. He's like, oh, the key's not working. They changed the lock on us. Already? Already? They did? Yeah. And then it gets in. And it's like, oh, what key is this? Oh, it's the Certus key. What are you doing with that guy's key? It's like, oh, I figured we'd go up there and blast him out of bed with a fire hose. Where'd you get that knife? <laughs> I needed something to cut the limes. Limes? <laughs> limes? <laughs> what limes, man? What limes, man? But I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, <laughs> he's got my woman, man. <laughs> She's got my baby girl. I remember the I remember the altercation. Yeah, man. My attorney had made a fool of himself, and he did. He certainly did. He certainly did. And I, uh, I just thought it was awesome how they just had Cameron Diaz there for literally to play for one day. That would that would have been before or after the mask, because the mask was like 95? her big. Was the mask ninety five? I I don't know. Uh, but that it's interesting you say they had Cameron Diaz because I'm pretty sure like her big break was the mask. So it'd be interesting to see where this cameo falls. Uh, this was 1997. Oh, okay. Yeah. So interesting that they had her. I just don't know when the mask was. I thought it was like 95, but I could be wrong. It could be later than that. Um, uh, this was 1998 and the mask was... Interesting fact about the mask. The mask was ninety four. That was her first movie. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, also, like this was this wasn't even like a movie that is a Cameron Diaz movie. It was oh just no. A, I mean, it was it's, just it's like clearly a, a cameo. A, a but she was cameo. in my best friend's wedding before this too. Like she just must it's have liked. Like she must have owed someone a favor. That she was like, I'll be in that. What this? Yeah. No, I think it was the idea of working with Terry, Terry yeah, Gilliam, yeah, and Johnny Depp, and Benicio del Toro, and all these other fucking. And who's Pretty. the guy from SVU who plays Sven? Mark Harmon. Mark is that? That's that Mark Harmon. Oh no. Who plays no, Sven is Sven the other uh, uh, photographer. Kamikaze. Christopher Maloney. Uh, Kawasaki. Was it Christopher Chris Maloney? Maloney? He's in, um, he's the dick cream guy in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sven. Sven. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the other photographer. No, 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 no. Not the, uh, not, uh, Lacerda. Lacerda. That's it. That I guy's that name. Scene. That guy is, uh, that guy. Like, he's in yeah, so many he movies. He's like, that, that guy. guy. That guy. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. There were a lot of good cameos in this movie. I would definitely say that Chris uh, is it Melanie Maloney, Christopher Maloney, Christopher Maloney. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> Listen, you fuzzy little shithead. And I could hear what he was saying. <laughs> I knew what he was really saying. Oh man, yeah. And a quarter wild turkey. What do you say? I say okay. I say okay. I love the beginning with the bats. Oh, dude. All right. Do you think they were actually bats or no? No. What I do you mean think, no? I definitely don't what do you mean no? No. <laughs> Is no. it because they're in the fucking desert and and because nobody else saw them? Well, there was there was there was a bat on the road when he drove away, right? And there was a little bite mark on Benicio's neck, 
a little bit of blood. We don't know if that's true, though. We don't. And that's, that's, that's kind of cool, though. That's kind of cool. Like, you don't know if the bats were real or not. I want to bring up something. Andrew, how did you feel about Tobey Maguire being I didn't the first? Wanna, I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm happy you did. I did not want to bring it up. In the first fucking 10 minutes of the movie, you get and then Tobey he's Maguire back. in the face. Because <laughs> when I was, I watched, like, the first half hour of it, like, the other day, and Matthew and I were talking about it, and he was like, don't worry, Tobey Maguire's only in it for, like, five minutes. And then I'm watching the rest of it, and I'm like, I'm like he's fucking back. I'm like, did you have the same? reaction as Johnny Depp when he saw them in the fucking when he saw them in the car. Well, like Johnny Depp, <laughs> Johnny Depp was sad that he was going. He's like, I miss him. When I was like, I don't fucking miss him. No, but I when he like, saw him again for the no second later, time. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did not. Um, I did not. Thanks for the lift, guys. Wait, come back and have a beer. Huh? I'm gonna miss him. I think that also altered my opinion of this movie. Because Tobey Maguire was in he was even in it. Oh, get off it. I get don't like him, man. I, I know you don't think he's like a good him. actor. That's fine, but it doesn't ruin things. It you does. You shouldn't let it ruin things for you. You're bigger than that. I'm not letting it ruin anything. It sounds, it like, you're it it sounds like you're letting it ruin <laughs> No, it's not me letting it. It's like massive opinion. <laughs> oh, no, mass everybody opinion. believes that. You ask, it's objective that <laughs> we you fucking check with, hate. and You're pulling a motherless Brooklyn on us. No, there's actual substance to my opinion. Tobey Maguire is a fucking god-awful actor. Actor. No, everybody has a problem everybody, with Edward Norton. No, like, people are talking right now, and they're saying that Motherless Brooklyn sucked, and that people, and that people are saying the exact same thing with Edward yeah, Norton. You're doing that trying right. to better himself. You're doing That's that right not now. What with I'm Toby doing Maguire. at all because Tobey Maguire has been an outcast in Hollywood for a decade. Now. I think it's just because he's an he's an actual dick. Like Tobey Maguire sucks is an at acting. actual. Dick. He does suck at acting. Like at least you could I don't say know. that. Woo! Yeah, go ahead. Thing. No, go ahead. Fucking Try and defend it. I'm coming to Andrews back here. I don't know. He was, I thought he was great at Brothers. Been a lone wolf for Brothers. Weeks. Yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal. Nah, I wouldn't wipe my ass. That's not really for me. All right. Anyway, let's get back to fear and loathing. I don't know. I'd love to hear a convincing argument for Tobey Maguire. People. 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 No, no. People are talking. People are talking here, <laughs> guys. People are are here. <laughs> What other good cameos were there? Uh, Gary fucking Busey. Oh, Gary Busey. Busey. So that was good. awesome. And yeah, like, dude. People Could, really misunderstand how to deal with a his, highway cop. His heavy breathing. <sighs> Can I get a little kiss before you go? Well, dude, what's so funny about that? What's so funny? That is 100% Gary Busey improvising. Oh, easily. It, well, it is. Like, and oh, the look, you, well, you've read the book. The look is the look comes from Johnny Depp looking at Terry. Like, are you going to call cut? Is this like, do you have behind the scenes knowledge? Yeah, or? yeah. This is Gary. This whole thing was not part of the scene. It, oh, really? It wasn't in the script at all. And Gary Busey just grabbed his chin and he's like, Can I just have a little kiss before you go? Very lonely. Very out lonely here. out here in the desert. And that look that he gives him is he's looking at Terry, the oh, director, that's awesome. going, Ah. Uh, how do I deal with this? Oh, you're going to so call good. cut or what? And then they cut it and then they put it in. Oh, that's so good. So fucking funny. There's and a lot was, of good cameos in this movie. There are, you name me some other ones. Gary Busey is definitely at the top, though. Um, he was one of my really favorites. good. Flea. Flea as oh, he's yes, the guy. That's right. Flea's All in it. This um, rest of my sleeves. Vern Troyer. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Excuse me. Oh, who's the magician? The the loud one with the the mute one. The loud one with the mute one. The magician. You know the guy with the ponytail. He shows up over at the uh, the circus. Oh, uh, uh, the the uh, bazooka Penn and, circus. Penn and Teller. Is uh, right? Oh, yeah. Penn and Teller. It was, Archie or something. 
Arthur? No, like literally, he was he was the one next to the orangutan. He's like, get your oh shit, get your photo up here on the billboard. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, 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 that guy. Who else? Who else? Um, obviously Christina Ricci. That's a good Christina one. Christina Ricci. That would have been one of her first too. That would have yeah. been right around Casper. Well, she was in like uh, now and then. That was before. Is, that was before Adam's family, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Or this was after Adam's. This family. might have been after it. I yeah, think this was after Adam's family. Yeah. God bless. Um, Ellen Barkin is the waitress. Um, yeah, the diner. She's, yep. That's a good. What one. else is she in? She did look familiar, but she's I kept in, confusing like, her with the mother shit. from um, uh, what's it called, Edward Scissorhands, and also Michael Jeter, the bad guy from Airbud. Oh, don't even get me started about Airbud. That movie makes Wait, me who was who so was emotional. <laughs> um, who the hell was he in it? Uh, he was, uh, he the, was the one talking Ron, about Ron marijuana. Bumquist. Yeah, the one. Oh, Ronald Bumquist. And the marijuana user will often have stains at the front of his pants. <laughs> I'm Ellen? constantly jacking off and not being able to find a rape victim. Ellen Barkin. No, you're a dope fiend. Ellen Barkin was big in the 80s. She's on a, she's on that show Animal Kingdom now on TNT. Oh, so she's really made her way up in the world. Well, well She used to be really big, but she's yeah. sorry, that sounded critical. I, Ellen, I don't know She's you. done yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, good, good for you, whatever you're doing. I am in my uh, studio apartment <laughs> doing a podcast. Right. Don't know shit. We don't know anything. We don't know let's shit. Just, let's just get that on the, on the record. We yes. don't know a fucking thing. We're just a couple of jackasses drinking and analyzing movies. Seriously, side note, I want to apologize for all of my opinions ever. <laughs> <laughs> you should. <laughs> but um, let's... Uh, Shit, where was gonna go with this? Oh, um, we're still talking about cameos. Who Bobby uh, Bacala from the from Sopranos is in it. He plays one of the goons. One of the goons? Mm-hmm. What goons? Um, like the one of the fucking cartoon ones. The cartoon ones? Yeah, the cartoon goons. Yeah, like the monsters. Oh, the lizards? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't recognize him. No, you know, I, I only know because it said it in the credits. I didn't recognize him at all. You know, fun fact: they were supposed to have twenty-five animatronic lizards. They only got, I think, it was seven. All right, all right. Let, let's talk about this uh, movie-wise. Why do you think he saw lizards, and what about the people of Las Vegas make them lizard-like? I think like, it was a metaphor. I, I understand that it was a metaphor, but it's like, have you ever heard like the idea is like, oh, it's like your reptilian brain, or you're like your like these reptilian people, and I don't mean literal, but like you're acting reptilian. What does it mean when you're looking at that in Las Vegas and the Las Vegas culture and the people going there to just, you know, kind of experience that uh, that uh, uh, in overindulgence hedonism. Is it like that cold bloodedness? Is it like the the Ooh, absence? That's interesting. Is it is it the absence of morals when you're in Las Vegas because you are there to be absence of morals? Is that something that Raul Duke saw, and is that something that freaked out Doctor Gonzo when they're in Bazooko Circus and he's like, "I gotta leave the country." Yeah. I need, I, how much money can you give me? Do lizards do a good enough job much. portraying that though? Do lizards do a that's good enough I mean, job? It's like I don't if it's know snakes, if they do. I get it. If it's snakes, that's kind of cut and dry, but like sure. lizards, like Well, maybe that's maybe that's too know. on the nose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it works. Like if if we're For just, sure. if we're talking about the way it was filmed and like the message conveyed, I would argue that the message conveyed is that he got there and he saw the excess and how disgusting it was right up front. Like immediately. He, he was immediately in tune with Well, that. are they chameleons? Were they supposed to blend? Uh, I don't, I don't think they were chameleons. I think he just said they were reptiles. Okay. Cause I mean, I was going to say if they all kind of like conform, then I could see I mean, you know, they, and, like a message. And the way that it, it was filmed though, it's like, it was a visual representation for how disgusting this place is. For sure. Like, you, but you they're see disgusting. The, like they are just they as are, disgusting. So that's they the hypocrisy of it all. Yeah, they are just as disgusting. And it's kind of funny how they hold themselves like on this cloud above Las Vegas. 
like these two characters hold themselves above like the people who uh, enjoy Las Vegas because they're the ones analyzing it, not so much indulging in it, but they are actually indulging in something else that's way more hedonistic than what they're doing. Well, I don't know if they were. They I don't know if they actually were. were. What are you talking about? They totally are. They're taking fucking adrenochrome. Oh, oh, hold on. You're talking about Duke and Gonzo. Right. I thought you yeah, were talking, we're about, talking about the movie the still. No, I no. thought you were talking about the reptile scene, and he was seeing them. As, well, he was, like, throwing up in his chair, like, I can't take this. Uh, <laughs> it's impossible to walk in this muck. <laughs> Tell me about the fucking golf shoe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I really... Okay, so I think that as... Peanuts, peanuts, man. You gotta eat peanuts. Gotta eat peanuts. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Beat it. Beat it. I don't know. I think that if if I were to put a point on it, I think that the whole movie is about the the dangers of excess and what that could lead to. And I think that it's ironic to see it through the lens of Raul Duke because he is enjoying that excess. But the only thing, the 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 thing that i really dig about him is that he's trying to make meaning from it that Whereas is everybody else seems to just be kind of indulging in it he like when when dr gonzo is freaking out upstairs in the room and he's taking all that you know extra drugs mm. uh he you know, and he's wielding the knife t- talking about carving a z in his head raul duke steps away he goes downstairs and i think this is one of the most uh poignant moments in the whole uh movie it's when he goes downstairs to just gamble and he says something about learning to lose with dignity well it's learn to enjoy losing you got to learn to enjoy losing and it's kind of this nice moment where we understand that yes he is out for excess and he is on this journey to push the limits and experience how far he can go however he's looking at everything and he's trying to make meaning from it and he even asks himself through the narration what does this all mean yeah why am i here why am i here so i i think that's pretty cool uh as a device for filmmaking, but you know, even more so a device for writing. It's just, you know, you have your character who's going through all of this and he steps back and asks himself, you know, what, what is the point? But right. I also think that it's you're, if you're looking for clarity, then clouding your brain and in, in your judgment isn't necessarily the way to do that. No. I mean, I think there's a definitely a special character that that might not apply to. Because I feel like there was a lot of clarity that did come from him from, you know, going into that different mindset. But I think a lot of that is relative because we don't even really know what's real to him and what's not. Sure. Well, I th- I know that his observations were real. I don't know if what he actually saw was real, but what he put down on paper was real. You know, what he really took out of what he saw, whether he actually saw it or not, what he wrote and what you see in the movie, that is real. Like the monologues that he goes off on. Those are real thoughts. Those are that's a real piece of him that he. They were all ripped right from the book. Right, right, and I think that's an amazing thing. You don't get that a lot when it comes to these book to movie adaptations. You don't get such honor in in the movie. You don't get that it's we're taking this right from the book. We like this book so much that we're not trying to change it so so much to make it our own creation. Like, well, we, it's interesting we appreciate say, that. It's interesting you say honor because it's pretty cool how close they were with Thompson during the making of this. Right. And he had, you know, he kept giving them the thumbs up. Like, okay, yes, this works. This, I, I agree with what you're doing and trying how you're trying to portray this. I agree. And I think that it was huge that the guy that was playing him got to live with him. Johnny Depp got to live with Hunter S. Thompson for so long and really understand him as a person and understand his movements. Like that's probably the most method that Johnny Depp's ever gone 
Oh, for, for sure. For a role. For sure. And I think that that's awesome because you could see hints and influence of that in every role since then. And I mean, you, I, yes, you can see it in every role since then. Like, it's it's very clear that they not only had, like, you know... Uh, a legitimate friendship. They had a legitimate a friendship. But I mean, fun fact, I mean, I know Ace knows this. I don't know if you know this, but when Hunter S. Thompson uh, committed suicide, Johnny Depp arranged his funeral... Uh, Hunter S. Thompson always had this beautiful dream that he he said when he dies he wants his ashes blown out of a cannon and spread over his Woody Creek property. Johnny Depp made that happen. Right. He arranged for that shit and, and he, he got it. He actually got blasted out of a fucking cannon. Which is really interesting because Hunter S. Thompson was definitely a man who was in control of his whole destiny from when he was conscious to not. You know, it's ironic though, because I don't think he was like, he used to claim he was in, in a lot of ways. But if you look at his career and you actually do a little bit of digging his opportunity, like he wanted to be Hemingway. Sure. He wanted to be a novelist. And he had to kept he had to keep paying the bills. Sure. So he kept getting roped into being a journalist. Well, I mean, he definitely made. Uh, well, he made a name for himself. You not can't only did deny he make that. a name, but he made a he made a style. Like he made a style that kind of like instead of just being another person of the same style of being a novelist, you invented a whole different way of writing. So this is a question experienced novelist. This is a question I want to ask you. I know this is going to get a little bit away from the movie, but. Do you think that his style of writing journalism became dangerous and for him? Yes, for him. Yes, because he he also became Ronald Duke mm. after this got such he had to live up to traction. that expectation. Right. Like what what really destroyed Hunter S. Thompson and Ronald Duke, the character was doing all these drugs to live up to the expectation that you can do anything and you'll you'll go to any length and consume everything and anything. I forget who said it, but there was a great quote in reference to Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, oh, no, I think it was actually Hunter S. Thompson who said this. He said something to the, degree, uh, to the degree of, when people meet me, I don't know who they expect, whether I'm supposed to be Hunter S. Thompson or if I'm supposed to be Raul Duke, like the right. drug-crazed man or the writer. Right. You know, they they he had to, like, be on. What was them. the difference? Well, the difference was, it was very that Raul Duke, Raul Duke was compelled to take acid where Hunter S. Thompson kind of wanted to like and just wanted to experience acid and, Raul duke was the character he right. was who you see in the movie whereas right. hunter s thompson was the serious heartfelt writer but who that actually all had... happened that all happened before the movie with hunter s thompson that oh, all happened easily. before was, the movie got made he was old he was older when he was an old man when yeah. when they did that and i think it was only what like not even 10 years after the movie was made is when he offed himself something like that so, like seven it was or eight before, years or some shit it was before 9 11 was it before 9-11? Yeah. No, I think it was 2000. Was it, two, was it 2000 or 2001? I think it was in the 2000s. It had to have been before 9-11 because I remember reading a lot of articles being like, oh, man, what would Hunter S. Thompson have said about 9-11? Yeah, I would have said something ridiculous. Well, he would have said he something have said ridiculous, something but he would, ridiculous. he would have also said something very poignant. Sure. He would sure have said would. something prophetic. I sure. love when he throws the change at the dwarf. Oh, that's so good. Well, it's so funny. What, what's good about that? What's so funny about that is the what he says after it. He like bites his lips and like puffs his cheek a bit. He's like, "Thank you." Yeah, <laughs> like you have to say thank you. So let me ask you this: criticism aside, what could you pull from this movie, Andrew, that you actually like from it? What do you see as like valid? I like I said before. I think it does. Like lend a point to like 
he's chasing after is I think Hunter S. Thompson when he wrote this movie I think like I said I think a lot of it was based on the fact that like he had been sh- like some of his work had been shit on sure you know what I mean so then he kind of went another direction with it kind of w- was a little bit true to himself he was like yeah fuck it I'm just yeah he was I, uh, I think I think a lot of it's hyperbole though like I think a lot of it is probably a little brilliant out of proportion oh it definitely is yeah I mean there's not I just th- I think that's what I struggle with too I don't see a lot of truth in the movie so like for me I'm looking for something more metaphorical and I just don't really find it. But then again, uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever done psychedelics? Uh, took Molly at the Avicii concert. Is Molly a psychedelic? Yeah, an Avicii concert. Yeah. <laughs> I took, I took a puff of something that I, I thought was a cigarette, but it could have been something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like that's it. Well, so I, I guess what I'm getting at when I ask you that is because like when you're on psychedelics, everything becomes kind of hyperbole, hyper, hyperbolic. So like lanolin, lanolin. Uh, so like my, my point being, it's like it was hyperbolic to him, but like at the same time, he actually could have been coming up with like what he thought were profound metaphors. Ace, maybe back me up on this. So like Andrew brought up the point, uh, he thinks that everything that kind of was in the movie and was in the writing was a little bit hyperbolic. And what I was saying is that, you know, when you when you take psychedelics, the the very nature of your experience is hyperbolic. Everything sure. is just kind of amplified. So like what I'm trying to argue in Hunter S. Thompson's favor is he was naturally receiving these metaphors and hyperboles. Sure. And he was able to just kind of channel that crazy ass thought into some beautiful into a passage into a passage. So my question to that is what am I supposed to take from the movie? Well, what you're supposed to That's take a good from question. the movie, that, you know, it, like, I'm, yeah. What are you, what are you supposed to take? What am I? So, what am I? What is the? What is the casual moviegoer supposed to watch this movie and come away with it with? I agree. There's not much that the casual moviegoer can really take away from this. You Do you think it's a comedy? Really... Do you think it works as a comedy on its own? Like, if you don't look into the meaning, the quote-unquote meaning of this movie, could you just walk away and be like, "Oh, that was funny"? A smarter comedy. I think. I, I, think, I think it's, it's too hectic. I think it's definitely a little too hectic. crazy. Well, especially the well, way it's that not it's wedding filmed. crashers. No, but the way that it's filmed and the way that things are delivered, it it's like, got humor. There's there's humor in it, and it's supposed to be zany and funny and wacky and a little bit cartoonish, especially with like like the up angles and like the Dutch so angles many Dutch angles. Well, and it's like that weird. Like- the camera's very jittery, you know. Yeah, like, and the colors are are almost too much at they're, times. There are like- a lot. You don't want to watch this movie with on. like the way Benicio del Toro acts, like and just his general heaven and on sloppiness. It's like it's like it's like watching our cousin Jill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like watching her eat Chipotle. Like you know, like I'm just shout out. It's just he it, is foul, I think, savage. I think for a movie to be comedy, there has to be there has to be substance, a joke, and a punchline. Yeah, like, like there needs to be, to be some a fucking punchline. Um, like if I laughed at this movie, I'm laughing at its absurdity, and that's sure. part of it. Though. I'm, not, I'm not laughing at substance. Well, that's I think that there is substance to the absurdity of it. I think that there is substance to the absurdity of. Uh, I feel like that's American a, living. What's it called? What's the word? No. What's the word? What's the word? It'll what's come the to word? Me. Semantics? No. Onomatopoeia? <laughs> <semantics. laughs> no. <laughs> is it because they're hot? Um, I don't know. Are any of them hot? Any of them hot? 
We should do a Tim Curry movie. Yeah, God, well, eventually we'll get, we'll, we'll get. Well, it it's funny we see. It's funny you say eventually. Andrew and I were going over like a hundred different movies the other night. That I was like, oh, we should watch that. We have years. <laughs> we have so much time. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. But I really wanted to touch on the idea of you had said something about um, right when I was getting up and leaving, uh, like the point in uh, like finding the American dream. I think it was and having it crushed. Well, I definitely crushed, but I like, I want to look at why were they going out for the American dream? And it begins with the quote in the beginning of the movie that's just over black. And it's like, he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. Oh, is that an event seven sevenfold lyric? No, it's actually a Samuel <laughs> Johnson. Oh, backcountry. That yes. makes sense. That's Are the name you fucking retarded? No. Are so, you guys both getting this right no, now? No, yeah, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. I knew the actual reference. But Andrew does not. I didn't know. For fuck's sake, Andrew. Oh, uh, so Ace this, just got so pissed. Yeah, dude. Have you seen that music video? It's a fucking ripoff yeah. of Fear and Loathing. Yeah, now that it's I think about that. Fucking... Ladies and gentlemen, Ace just schooled Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. That is that is that is exactly what it is. The whole. I don't read books. I don't know. Really <laughs> I don't know fucking literature. Yeah, I don't know. I'm but, the everyman. But yeah, I'm that... casual. <laughs> <laughs> casual. I'm casual <laughs> with three syllables. But what I think is really funny about this. <laughs> That's fun now that that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, go watch that music video again. I'm crunching the numbers. Dude, go watch that music video again. It's literally like shot for shot. Fucking fear and loathing. He makes a beast out of He's really paid a man. God, kid. Oh, man, we should do a music podcast. I love Avenged Sevenfold, not gonna lie. Oh, God, don't no. tell me these things. I did. Not now. Not now. <laughs> Don't tell me these things. Not now. <laughs> Leo. Leo. <laughs> but uh, what gonna, it says you is... You better hope there's some Thorazine in that bag. Oh, God, Big man. fucking trouble, man. Big fucking trouble, man. But, um, yeah, so there's some Throw quotes here. Throw it with What? Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. There's, uh, there's another quote by Samuel <laughs> Johnson, who is referred to as Dr. Johnson, who said, he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man... And I believe the other quote was, patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel. And I think that's so funny to refer to that when it comes to Raul Duke and Hunter Thompson, because, you know, like the whole idea of this movie is the American dream, right? What's I don't get American that, dream? though. Like, I don't get why. I want someone to explain to me why that's the idea of this movie. To find the American dream? Yeah. Because... First of all, what does that mean? Right. What does that mean? You know, and I think that's objective too. Subject. Subjective. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Like, yeah I think it, that it that's. Is. It is. I think that it's. And I think that it is just to push it as far as you can go. Like to go as high and as. No matter far what that as means. You want. No matter what it means, it's to have no limits. So do whatever the American, you want. Basically, the American like, dream that? is to be free to have no limits. That is the American dream, is to not have anybody tell you you can't do anything. It's to grow as big as you want to as an individual. Interesting that we're talking about that and with what's going on in the world. <laughs> it is interesting, but I think that that is the, I think that was the American dream. I, I think that there. was the American dream. You idea. went there, and I'm giving you the Robert De Niro, like, you know, okay. <laughs> The parameters. No, 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 no. Parameters. You gotta, no, no, no. The, are, we, are we breaching the parameters? No, 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 Miles. No, no, Miles. <laughs> No, 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 these drinks are on the house. We're going to get flagged. Probably. We won't get flagged. Come on. Where's the podcast? They haven't touched podcasts yet. If, they, if they've made it through the first 
10, 12, 11, however many episodes we've done. I like both of those quotes though, Ace. Yeah, I'm those are those are <laughs> those are great. Especially now that I know the back of the country one. <laughs> oh, that's great. I just, I do love the part with the bats. Like and I love how he keeps in talking. the Avenged he, Sevenfold music no, video. Like I love how he keeps talking about the bats too. Like bats, every man. every time he like Fucking changes bats. the subject and then he's like Wait to see oh, those goddamn bats, man. Oh Jesus, what are these goddamn animals like? <laughs> they were all swooping and swarming and hollering around the car. And then he's looking in the rear view and he's like, Did I say that? <laughs> Jesus, did I say that? I don't mind him. He's just admiring the shape of your skull. So my thoughts are that we're your friends. We've broken it down enough. We've definitely gone. Let's hit the categories. Categories. All right. Yeah. Good, good, good call. Let me ask you this. Riddle me this. Andrew and Matthew, did it work? Well, I, okay. So I think it works, but I think we all have different understandings of what it means for it to work. If it came out today, do you think that it works? Well, that, that's a different question. No, yeah, that's, that's a different question. question. That, that, was, that, was, that was wrong. But no, does no, it work? Stick- does it deliver the message? Does it deliver what it's trying to do? I would say, yeah. Absolutely, it does. I think that if if the idea was, I, I think the idea was twofold. One was to take Hunter S. Thompson's novel and make it into a film that's true to the source. I would argue oh, yeah. it, it does that. It definitely does. Yeah, I agree with you. And then furthermore, I think that if it's exploring this idea of what it means to, you know, what is the American dream, and you are with these two people who have their very own odd idea of what that means. Right. Yeah, it it explores that in all of its crazy excesses uh, for worse or for better. So I think think there needs to be two two, you know, like categories as, uh, as to, did it work? You know, because financially, no, it didn't. It was a complete failure. Complete failure. Which is something I want to, I, I brought this up earlier, something I want to talk about within regards to Terry Gilliam. None of his movies work financially. No, which is, which is None fine if he's cool with that, but I mean, that's why he doesn't make that many. Well, he makes a lot of movies, but, but like his they, movies do become very prolific. They're cult, they, they end up they're being cult like cult classics. classics. Like yeah. none of his movies have not become cult classics. Right. But even as cult classics, they are definitely prolific, especially in whatever genre he touches. Which you'd think that if his movies become cult classics at this point, people would just be like, oh, Let's finance them. Well, no, because I think people look at them and they're like, and eh, we trust what's going on there. 20 years from now, we'll like it. We'll like right, it. You know? Right, right. You definitely get it off its feet. It is a long-term investment. It is definitely is a long-term investment. I think, um, I think critically, though, it, it probably did its job because it's pretty true to the story. You know, from what I've read, I didn't read it, but it's, yeah. I, it's pretty true to the story, which I think that's what it's going for. Right. You know, I don't think they wanted to stray from that. Right. I think it was responded to negatively from a critic standpoint. Just because, because you're right. Well, yeah. and I think the material in it is so hard to grasp on film for sure. that it's like when you're reading something, you have an easier, it's kind of weird. You, when you're reading something, you have an easier time visualizing it than when you're seeing it because it's your own depiction of it. Right. Says the guy who doesn't read. No, but, but I'm, I'm have, with you. I'm, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm, like, I'm I just choose you. not to read because I, I, I have the attention span of a fucking turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I choose not to, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of where they, I think they were probably set up for failure with a movie this heavy. Before um, even making it, I'll come to your defense in regards to the pros and visualizing things. Like I, like had this movie not been made, 
I think that the book would have done just fine. Like yeah, the, I think the book probably still sure. holds up. You like know? It the didn't book, need the movie. The it, story didn't need the movie to continue to be Like, successful. is there a catcher in the Rye movie? No, and there no, never You know what I mean? In the movie? Well, no. hold on. But I, there's, there's a lot of logistics to that. All right, I, logi- I won't go into that even, now. Because I, I actually... It, yeah. I know it. I know you know it. I, yeah. Like, there won't be. Um... Just, like just like nobody should make on the road like it has been made into a couple of shitty movies but like the beauty of on the road is the prose and sure. visualizing and going on that literary I think, journey i think that had a lot to do with why fear and loathing was the most prolific book in hunter s thompson's career is because you got to visualize and just think about it and i think that this movie did a great job of making sure that whoever's watching it got to see what the book was trying to implement into everyone's imagination. And furthermore, it does a really good job. Like we didn't really touch on the cinematography at all. I think that the cinematography definitely paints the, uh, it puts you in the trip. It puts you in whatever the trip. drug yeah, they're the context, doing in the context of the story and what they're doing. It does it amazingly. Like with the neon lights and the weird cameras and the weird, like, like dolly push-ins with the zoom outs at the same time, like mm-hmm. that whole fucking Spielberg jaws uh, effect that they do. There's a name for that. I know. I know. I can't fucking remember it. I'm so ashamed of myself. But they they do like the up angle, the Dutch angle. It's just it's just so so many strangely, It's so strangely filmed, and they let things hold for a little bit. Well, it's pretty cool how they. I mean, I don't I don't know like in your research, but like they actually have like different ways of filming on different drugs. So like just take for example the two. Uh, like book ending, uh, you've got the adrenochrome at the end and then you've got the LSD at the beginning. So they shot mostly in wides and with sure. like extreme wide angle lenses, uh, at the beginning to kind of showcase the landscape and like you're, you're seeing everything when you're on LSD. And then at the end, uh, when he's on the adrenochrome, I don't know if you noticed, but it's mainly all close ups and it's long lenses compressing the image so that sure. like you're sure like, I've never taken adrenochrome. I don't but, even think it's a real thing. I don't think it's a real thing. I don't think it's but, a real thing. I think that there is a drug out there that is that is super fucked up, but I don't think that that adrenochrome is a real drug. I, I agree. But my point being is that for that, it completely contrasts the beginning of the film. So you have these open, you know, kind of warped, uh, you know, fisheye lens almost. You're getting everything and you're experiencing everything. But with the adrenochrome, it becomes very compressed. It becomes very narrow. Sure. You're in this high intensity. Uh, and oh, dude, talk about like a really good move on a filmmaker. You want to talk about like opening shot versus uh, end shot. Not that specifically, but you talk about how you film something at the beginning of the movie versus how you uh it's film something. drive away but no 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 i'm talking about like going back to the drug the way they film the drugs and how you look at a character's arc throughout a film you look at the filmmaker and the way they film those and it's pretty genius that terry gilliam films it in like you know again going back to the idea of fisheye lenses wide landscapes sure. kind of dutch angles it seems fun and sure. then at the end he compresses everything so that it's very narrowly focused and it's longer lenses and it feels like the walls are closing in it seems Seems like a good move directorially and uh, uh, cinematographically. I don't even know if that's a fucking cinematographically. Cinematographically. I'm just gonna say it a little bit more confidently, and everybody's gonna accept it. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know the way they film it cinematographically. There you go. That's the one. <laughs> that's you the just one. nailed it. That's Got the it. Take. Uh, it. I don't know. I think it's it, it, it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's it's uh, balanced. I agree. I, I think that it's a uh, it's balanced pretty well, but. I will ask you the next question. Is it a movie? Yeah. Or what's film? the next question? Sorry, I kind of went it, off on a tangent there. Is it movie or film, Andrew? Movie. 
Film. Film. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah 100% film. For uh, I would say it's a film, again, for two reasons. Sure. One, because of Terry Gilliam. He's a cult classic. He's got such a distinct style to his movies. It requires multiple watches. It requires multiple watches. And then on top of that, it, I, I don't know if this is necessarily a defining characteristic, but I would argue that it's a film because it was a proper adaptation of a literary classic. It was done. Oh, that's good. It was done in the spirit of the thing with, uh, you know, kind of a, a autoristic uh, authority to the way it was shot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I know I'm going off on a little tangent. I take back my answer. You think it's a film? I think it's a film because I, I don't think there's I don't any like it. I don't think there, <laughs> I it's think, a film because it's over my head. No, I don't think. I, I think it's a film because it's simple. Uh, because there's nothing simple about it. Right. I think, I agree. I think movies have a lot of simple values and simple ideas, you know, whereas I think film oh, that's girls, good films are trying to, they're trying to teach something a little bit more than what's at the depth. surface. They're right. asking bigger questions. The only reason I said movie initially is because I don't know what the fuck the movie's trying to tell, but it's clearly trying to tell something beyond just what it's showing on the screen. Have you taken, have you taken hallucinogens, Andrew? I asked him this while you were in the bathroom. He has taken Molly at an Avicii concert. Take Molly at Avicii. Take Molly at Avicii. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a hallucinogenic. Close enough, though. It's like a feel good drug. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, it would, that's cool. Do you actually see shit? I'm not trying um, to down your trip. I'm just trying to get the parameters about psychedelics. Really it, it, it down my trip. It definitely gets a. It, it, I got a lot of shit going on. The perspective gets a little sick funky. Thoughts. Sick thoughts, man. I guess it gets a little funky. Thoughts. Gets a little funky. But okay, fine. Uh, I was also film. cocked that night. Yeah, that'll do you. It's like. But okay, what, what you were tell? you getting at by asking that? Well, because I feel like that. I feel like that would change his. There's a perspective. The there's a perspective that you could get with this movie if you've experienced psychedelics. Absolutely. I'm not saying that you need to have psychedelics to experience this movie or to understand Hunter S. Thompson. And but, for the record, we're not condoning LSD or psychedelic use. I have to say that, <laughs> but I am. I am. <laughs> I actually do. I, I condone psychedelic use. I think that there's a lot of therapeutic uh, benefits to taking. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about anything, but I've I've changed for the better because of psychedelics, and I feel like everybody should maybe give it a shot. Not, at least once. So not like in the Hunter S. Thompson style, but maybe you should. No, everybody should go to Las Vegas and take and a head trip a so much acid and take trip ether and cocaine. Um, yeah. All right. So is this movie going to theater or is it coming out on demand? Coming out nowadays? Yeah. Now, if it comes out right now, is this going to theater or is this going to demand? Is Does, this going to the streaming services? If it's coming out now, right? It's going to on demand because Johnny Depp's in it. It's an, oh come on, we're gonna do this again. We're gonna do this again, dude. Un unfortunately, this whole dude he got recast from Grindelwald. They, yeah, they cut him from Grindelwald. I think, I think that this comes out uh, in streaming. I think that this gets made as an indie film. I think this goes straight to IFC. IFC, IFC, <laughs> really? Yeah, all right, all right, cool. They're like, no, we're not even gonna put it on streaming services. It's just going to, to the IFC channel. IFC. That's it. Yeah, that's it. What do you think, Andrew? I think it goes on demand. On, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I hundred percent agree. This is not get a theater release as There's much as I love watching this. Need to see in theaters. I would love to watch. This no, in the this is a movie I'd rather see in theaters. I agree. You don't need to. You don't like, need to. Not... No, you don't need to. But I, knowing this movie and loving this movie, I would love to see this on a huge screen with nice sound. Definitely. And like a couple of drinks in me. And Definitely. Just enjoy the shit out of it. Absolutely. All right. So this is that. That's where that goes. All right. Uh, who stole this movie? And I'm going to start with Gary Busey. Fair. I'm biased. I love Christina Ritchie. 
in uh, everything that's good. That she's that's in, really good. But I that's thought really she was good. good in her four scenes. You know, yeah, that's a really good steal. Uh, for me, it would probably be either uh, Sven or Lacerda. I really, oh, I, love I, and I really like the scene where uh, Johnny Depp's in the hotel room. They've just gotten to Vegas, and he sees the uh, there's a big machine in the sky, some kind of electric snake. There's some kind of an electric snake, and then Lacerda comes in, and he's talking about, oh yeah, there are so many motorcycles out there. There's, you gotta see them. You gotta see them, and then all of a sudden he turns into like a war of Vietnam. Kamikaze, Kawasaki's, and Kawasaki's. Yeah, dude. I, I Swedish thought, fireballs. We know what you're up to, man. Dude, that is one of my favorite. I want that frame of Benicio del Toro with that fucking grimy mustache and the, and uh, knife, the wife beater and the sunglasses and the, the wife beater with him on the fucking right. We know what you. We know what to, you're man. up to, man. <laughs> I'll just let myself out. I'll just let myself out. I love that. Yeah. I love that so 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 so, La- so much. Lacerda or Sven, those would be my. They, I, they're tied for me because like Sven has the better scene, but I just love that moment so much when he so he's good. behind the bar and like it's the TV. It's, it's because the TV. they had the fucking Vietnam the Vietnam show on, and he Absolutely. was just like, well, and if you've if you've taken hallucinogens, you know, like if you lock into something, it takes over the whole room. Absolutely, it does. And if if that's what's on the TV, is just like these bombs going off. It's an extension. Sound, the sound like you, you, you'll see that yeah all Ooh, the doors man, become you open seen it <laughs> you should have seen it kawasaki's <laughs> yeah dude i swedish fireballs. fireballs okay next we got oh no why why'd you do did that? you just give him the wrap it yeah, up next yeah, category yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right favorite line in the movie who's got a favorite line anyone got one yeah, because there's so many. The, I was just about to just say so that. Fucking there's so many. The, and that we we talked about this much earlier in the podcast before the uh, the audio cut out. Uh, it, it they just say shit offhandedly. Offhandedly, it is just fucking hilarious. Every single thing that they say is fucking funny. I think I love so. It. I, I just think love it's fucking the, funny. And on top of that, I, I again going back to Hunter S. Thompson, but it's like if you understand who Hunter. Uh, not that I understand who he is, but if you have any background in who this guy is and he watches interviews and the giant up just does such a good job at playing him. And he has that Kentucky drawl that it's like everything Johnny Depp says in that movie. It's like, if you know Hunter S Thompson, you're like, Oh, that's man. Hunter S. Thompson. That's Hunter. Like you're killing it. You're killing it across the board. Like, don't take any gut from the swan man. Uh, from the swan right. man. Don't take any gut from the swan. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh man, this is a nice pen. <laughs> oh, I always do that. I like to test the uh suspension. The rear end stress. The rear end struts. <laughs> the rear ends the rear end suspension for stress factors. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, and like when like I, when he's checking into the hotel after he's just talked to Sven and Hi there! <laughs> My name Here's Rebel Duke, and I must have a room. <laughs> and I have my attorney. Three. And I understand that his name is not on that list, but we must have this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I agree. There are so many good, like, they're, but they're one-offs. It's not like you Agreed. can pick up and be like, oh, that's the catchphrase of the movie. It's just well, like, Well, they've made damn. catchphrases of the movie. Like, the, the marketing animals have made catchphrases of this movie, and it's <laughs> the one that it is is too weird to live, too, weir- too rare to die. Sure. Like that is like that is the catchphrase of the movie is too weird to live, too rare to die. You know what? I'll take it back. I'll take everything that we said back and I'll give a I'll give a sh- <laughs> no, 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 it's it's on record. <laughs> it is. But I'll take it back for a very specific reason, because you want to talk. I, I would like to reflect this about the beauty of Hunter S. Thompson's prose. 
I think that the best line in the movie is in regards to the wave that, uh, the wave mark. The 1965 acid wave. The 1965 acid wave and how he's talking about uh, the end of the music's playing. Come on, people know. Smile for me, brother. Yeah, whatever that song is. And then it's got... Uh, he's talk- <laughs> he was not amused. He's just so fucking pissed. No, I had a couple that I liked in the movie. Like, I, I, thought right. it, I thought it was a beautiful... Uh, how he talks about the wave that, you know, if you go to that high, high point in California and you can see that high watermark and where it broke and rolled back. And he uses the wave as a metaphor for the sixties generation and all the values that they had. What the fuck are you smirking at? You're lying. What's your quote? What's your quote? I'm listening to your story. Yeah. You give me that smirk. Like I'm just smiling. Smiling is my favorite. Smiling is my favorite. I'm done. What's yours? I like the let's get down to brass tacks. How much 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 for the ape? ape? (laughs) (laughs) Keeping it simple. There's I a, like that one. I like the one about the bats. Um, I like I said. I fucking love when he throws the change. Take <laughs> that. <laughs> I do enjoy too. Every time Benicio's like, as your attorney, sure, I advise is, you to do such and such. X, Y, and Z. Any, anytime I I tell a friend to do something, I always start off with, as your attorney, as I advise attorney. you to. You've pulled X, that y, on me a couple of times. I think that it's it's just fucking funny. I think that that's the most genuine advice you could give to somebody. It's like, that's that's at least how I feel like my friends know that I'm telling them something that I really hope you listen to this. As your like, attorney. As your attorney, I advise you to rent a very fast car with no top. And we'll need to be armed to, to the, the teeth. teeth. To the teeth. Next question. What do we got? Um, well, my favorite quote of the movie. Well, let's go. Along. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. That's so rude of us. <laughs> of you. I That's was rude waiting of, for him. Oh, I'm sorry. That's rude of me. Um, I, I Again, I can quote this movie, and I use it in my everyday life all the time. Like, as your attorney, I, he does. I say that. I say, radio, man, radio. Um, there there are too many things that I can quote about this man. movie. He's a very crude man. Very crude man. Um... One of my favorite movies is, yeah, it sounds like good advice. If you got shit for brains, <laughs> he throws him the fucking weird talisman thing at the very end. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a great quote. And uh, one of my other favorites is, uh, oh shit, I do about anything for that. Yeah, you and a lot of other people. When is that? Why am I blanking on that? It's the uh, it's the uh, fucking uh, room service maid Alice. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> we will pay you $1,000 on the ninth of every month. Can you handle that? Oh, shit. I can do about anything for that. Yeah, you and a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That seems fucking crazy. Dude, it's so fucking awesome. So awesome. Well, I knew right. you were here with the cops, but... <laughs> I hate dope. So do we. So do we. <laughs> <laughs> and what would you do differently? What would you do differently, Matthew? Not a goddamn thing. I think that Terry Gilliam, Terry Gilliam is so beyond me. It's like, whatever that dude does, do it. Hey, Andrew, I don't think there's anything for the movie to do differently because of how much they're basing it off the book. Um, do you think there's something in the story that should be done differently? Like a little bit more directness? No, I, I think he got what he was going for. You know what I mean? It's, I'm, I it's not for me to critique, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have cast Tobey Maguire. Ah. <laughs> 
You can find any other so you tasty white person with blonde like, hair. Like, would you think so Jake Gyllenhaal at that time? Jake Gyllenhaal in 1997. Don't drag okay. Jake into this. Don't well, drag Jake. I, I, I'm just saying that if you Darko Jake, era Jake. Yeah, yeah I would have yeah, put yeah, him yeah. in this. Yeah. Like with a white wig. Or, like, you know, anyone. <laughs> yeah, why did they do that ugly ass white hair? Dude, that receding white long, like, what like was Otis that? from fucking uh, that's why his zombie movies. That's why his hair was like that in uh, Great Gatsby. He wanted to make up for Fear and Loathing. Ugh. His hair sucked uh, in that, too. I know you hated his hair in that. <laughs> well, his hair was so distracting in Great Gatsby. I didn't see it. I'm yeah, not that was to. that was what was wrong with it. I was Is distracted by it? it. I was actually distracted by Leo's hair too. Yeah, I just was, was distracted by the idea that it was set in a time period that did not call for Jay Z songs, and it was a musical. Like, why is Great Gatsby a musical? Didn't call for Jay Z. I mean, songs. oh, well, hold on, Andrew, you're hold looking on. at me. You're looking at well, me like, it okay, for yes. Jay-Z songs. Hold on, I'm going to come to both of your defense right now. <laughs> yes, it was set in a time that didn't call for Jay Z. That album is dope, but that album is dope. I will agree with Andrew. Yeah, that's fine, but fucking Baz Luhrmann, what, he gets away with anything. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to let you get away with this. All right, so here we are with the challenge of the week, and the challenge of the week was to... Are we up to the challenge? Fuck yeah. That's all the categories, boys. We're wrapping on Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And I Is think that a wrap on Fear and Loathing? Does anybody have any end notes? Fear and Loathing, good work, good pod. Fear you know, and Loathing, like, I, I like. I love the movie so, so, so much, and... I, I know, I wish we had more great things to say And I think Fear and Loathing is it. different, you know? It's not... There's not many Fear movies out there a like different that. road that we haven't really been down yet. We haven't you know? done the psychedelics like, yet. I would argue this is the most out there movie we've done so far. Yeah, and I'm not sure that we were out there enough with this podcast, but yeah. Well, and I think it. we can all kind of come to it. Oh my God. We all have we some should, common ground on it, you know? We should have taken yeah. LSD for this one. Uh, this would have been too out of control to record on LSD. We should eventually do that. No, no one's gonna listen to that. No one's gonna listen to us on LSD. Because you're gonna forget to hit record. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, I would listen. Yeah, I know you would. But yeah. the challenge for this week was we are going to try to stump each other. Well, with- it was a two-parter, right? Was it two-parter? I thought it was just the, the one quotes. movie we were excited. About. Isn't that what you said in the text? Yeah. One movie we're excited about. Coming out, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. anything <laughs> early, sure. early 2021. No, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm still excited for Black Bear, that's gonna be cool. I love Aubrey Plaza and Plaza, Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza, no, fair. Aubrey Plaza. I think that's gonna be cool. Um, I also think it's gonna be one of these fucking art house movies that, uh, you know, it's it's just gonna be one of those things that's just long, sustaining shots of like really big, wide. Everybody's just kind of sitting stoically, and then like action happens and it gets wide again. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I've seen this about a hundred fucking times, but I want to see it because Aubrey Plaza. I want to see her do some cool shit. I love her. She was in a movie that I just watched uh, on Hulu. Happiest season is like a Christmas. Happiest season. Yeah, it's like a Christmas, like kind of like a chick flick. It was, it was actually a very good watch. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah. All right, cool. Matthew, what are you excited about? So I'm excited about this movie. It's actually already come out, but I only just is saw the trailer. I'm sorry. Is it Mink? No, I am excited for Mank, though. I'm glad you just brought that I kind of just assumed that was the one he was going to play. I did, too. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed I, to be the movie you're most excited about. And, well, I... Not a lot to be excited about these days, Andrew. I'm, I had found a lot. All right. Good for you. All Fuckers, right. this is my yeah, section. What's yours? What is yours? Sorry, buddy. It's actually called The Nest. It stars Carrie Coon and Jude Law. It's kind of a oh, thriller. Oh, Jude Law's back. Cool. Dude, Jude Law never went away. He was sleeping. He was sleeping. Yeah, well, he's back then, because when you sleep, you're away. So, uh, side note, I saw Jude Law play Hamlet on Broadway. That was probably one of the best experiences. Like live? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he did To Be or Not cool. To Be. What so, a piece um, of work is, man. So, so you want to talk about the movie you just said? 
I don't know if I do. Fuck you then. Let's get to the fucking challenge then. What What's your movie? Coming to America. There's a new one. Yeah, there's the a sequel. New one. Coming, there's to, a America. coming to America. Like too. I have been excited about this. Hold on, with Eddie. With Eddie Arsenio Hall, Wesley yeah. Snipes is in it. Tracy Morgan's in it. Like, Are you kidding? I'm nope. dead serious. He has a son back in New York City that he has to go back and find. Wait, when does this come out? March 5th, I think it is. Yep. Is this going to be theater or theater? Yeah. Oh like, yep. theater my release, like. God. Actually, actually, no. I heard Amazon bought it. I heard Amazon bought it. Well, fuck, man. Which is still, still kind of dope. I don't think it should happen in the fucking first place. You don't want to see fuck? this movie? No! What? Oh my god, I mean, I'm dude. gonna see it. When I'm, was the last oh. time you saw an Eddie Murphy movie? Uh, it's called, his name is Dolomite. Pluto Nash? Well, my name is Dolomite. Dolomite was his name. Dolomite was his name is the movie. Was that yes. any good? I, I yes, it was it. fucking it's hilarious. The same, it's the same director. Really? Yeah, same Ooh, director. That might change my mind then. I didn't yeah, know that. there you go. Eat, I didn't, eat it. I, I am eating it because I didn't know that. But Dolomite was his name is a amazing movie. That was me. Don't worry. I was just about to that say. Did I just hear a uh, guitar? Thing. No, uh, Dolomite was fucking hilarious, and I thought that was a great uh, comeback for Eddie Murphy to do his thing and like be a hilarious movie actor, and especially because like if you know the story of Dolomite, which was a it was there's there's real Dolomite movies. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he was a real dude. And he, I just think he fucking nailed it. Especially the movies, like when he's making the movies. If you look at the movies that they're making and you watch those fucking black exploitation movies, they're spot fucking on. It's just kung fu, titties, and profanity. Hell yeah. I've had those queued up in my uh prime list for they're a long so, time now. So now so I awesome. have reason to give them a view. Yeah, these uh well this movie has the exact same cast as the first one too. So Hell like, yeah. And and coming to America too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Maybe 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 I will eat all the words that I just said. I just don't think that you should bring movies back from that far ago. Like from, from from that yonder, I I just don't think so. I just don't think so. I think I think that like there's a little. I wish bit of, I had an example off the top of my head about when it has worked. I feel like can you on, think they, of one? There there are examples, right? The silence comes over the crowd, and I wonder if because there aren't. There is not a reboot. I'm just killing to see Eddie Murphy do some acting. Again. I would. Like I guess that's Eddie what Murphy. it really comes down to. Yeah, it's it really just like does, I huh? can't wait to see what he does. Me too. I'd love to see Eddie Murphy do a stand-up again. I don't know if we're ever going to get it. Like, if he does, like, an hour special. I don't think we're ever going to get it. I'm not holding my breath. I, I'm not either. I'd like to see that. Um, I'm not holding my breath because, like, I don't think that... If he doesn't do stand-up the way that he did with Delirious and Raw, I don't think it's going to be funny. What's he going to do? Make a bunch of kids jokes? He's got, no, he's, he's not too gonna tied to Disney. No, he's no, too no, tied to Disney. Special. He's too tied to Disney. Not he's anymore, doing, he's not. No, I don't think so. What man. has he ever made for Disney? I mean, I think House that just, on the Haunted Hill. Oh, Haunted Mansion? Oh, haunted yeah. Mansion. One movie. House on the Haunted Hill. That's House on the Haunted Hill, actually. Yeah, that Vincent. But no, My I think wife. that I think She's that Eddie so... Murphy could do that. I don't think he could do Raw or Delirious, but I think he could do like I think he could be the person of Eddie Murphy, not the celebrity Eddie Murphy. I think I he guess, can do that. I guess what would he have to add to the conversation? Um, his age, his experience, his, his whole fucking like journey through Hollywood, everything. He has so much to give. <laughs> everything. He I think literally he's has so much to give. Ever. Ever? I think ever? he is. Yeah. I think his specials are the funniest bold. I've ever, ever seen. Yeah. Bold. Very bold. I like that though. I don't know if I'd agree with that. Okay. I like it so though. Counter. I do like it. I think that Eddie Murphy is, I don't know what I would counter a contender. With, so. A contender for only having two specials and a couple of fucking tapes and mm -hmm. then going into to Those movies. Those specials That's are awesome. 
Those yeah, specials are golden. Golden. Right. Absolutely golden. Literally Richard Pryor style of golden like stand up. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> tell that motherfucker to have a Coke. <laughs> what coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Shut you tell up. Bill Cosby that I said have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, I want that's see, I that's, love when he does the James Brown. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a James Brown lyric. He wrote that <laughs> shit. His Michael Jackson is just like, <laughs> can I fucking talk to you for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. He's I like, hey, it. man, Michael Jackson's looking for you. And Eddie Murphy goes, so? so? <laughs> Mike so? can't wait more than a buck oh five. <laughs> oh, that's so golden. See, Eddie Mr. Murphy. Mr. T was looking after me. He's like, I pulled some Jedi mind tricks on him. He's like, hey, fool. I heard you with the boy and was talking all that smack about me. No, I didn't. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to beat up the fool that told me that lie. <laughs> See, now, Delirious and Raw are two specials that I got to watch in the same rotation as I watch Fear and Loathing. Sure. Like, that is in my Why? yearly, every year. Oh, I got gotcha. you. For, for 365 days, I have to watch Fear and Loathing, Raw, Delirious, uh, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. There are plenty of things that I need to watch within the year, just to just like yeah, that's, within that's, the parameters. That's the good. That's in the parameters of my living in a year. Is for to me, watch those I, movies. For me, I have to watch Phantom Thread five times. And Gone with the Wind, and Other Side and of the Casablanca. Wind, and the Wind that Shakes the Barley, <laughs> and Treasure of Sierra Madre. Yeah. I, I love the old movies. Oh, I know you do. Actually, this uh, us quoting Eddie Murphy is, should uh, segue nicely into this week's challenge, ladies and gentlemen. We decided to get a little weird this week. Uh, we're uh -huh. gonna we're gonna go with a little bit of a trivia styled uh, end to the night. What we're gonna do is all three of us have brought to the table ten quotes from uh, movies, and essentially what we're going to do is we're going to do a little trivia. So, like, for example, I'll start off and I have ten quotes, and Ace and Andrew are going to ding in. I don't know how we're going to do that, but essentially, ding. We're, we're looking at ding, ding. We're looking to see who, who who can get the point. You have to guess the, the movie, uh, you know, what the quote is from, and who said it. Jesus, that's a lot. I thought it was just the movie. Well, well, fine. All right. Well, strap up, motherfucker. Let's go. Do you guys just want to get on with it? Get do, on with do it. Do you want you me first. to start? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. All right, go, ladies go, 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 go. and gentlemen, welcome to Trivia Night. All right. So, first, <laughs> first quotes up. Clive, it would take me all day to kiss that ass. Um, Andrew Donovan. Read it again. Now, here's one for you. Do we do it in character? Yeah, yeah. Do it in character. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's fine. Clive, it would take me all day to kiss that ass. Clive. <laughs> Is that from Dr. Doolittle? No. No? Clive. Oh, shit. Who's Clive? Or Clyde. Clyde? <laughs> oh, shit. Clyde. Uh... Clyde, it would take me all day to kiss that ass. <laughs> Is that, is that Remember the Titans? No. Is no, it? of course it's not. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's not. For those of you listening at home, I would love to see if you guys I get those. I don't know. It's uh, Carter from Rush Hour. Oh shit! That's good. That's, that's good. A good one, good one yeah, right? Good. All right. So, are you doing all ten of yours, or are we rotating? I say I do all ten. That works. That works. And then we just we just rotate. That works. And you gotta do it in character. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> all right. Um, you do drug standing all the time, every day. Good. Read it again. I didn't hear the first one. <laughs> you do drug standing all the time, every day. Good. 
The Room? No. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Requiem for a Dream? No. What is it? It's Ty and Danny from Caddyshack. Oh, God damn it. Oh, man. I feel like gonna, you're gonna I fucking actually smoke think us. we're all going to stump each other. I'm yeah, not even doing deep us. cuts either. I thought I know, you guys you're going to smoke these. us. You're going to smoke us. All right. Ready for the. <clears throat> Come on now. The only thing that matters is the ending. It's the most important secret part window. <laughs> it's the most important that's, part of the story. Right. It is secret, secret window. window. Andrew right. gets that one. It's secret window. That's for sure. Ah oh, man. Okay. I love this one. You treat a disease, you win. You lose. You treat a person, I guarantee you'll win no matter what the outcome. One more time. You treat a disease, you win. You lose. You treat a person, I guarantee you'll win no matter what the outcome. Patch Adams. Yes. I was going to say, that's Andrew Robin Williams. That sounds like Robin Williams. Andrew I know that's Robin Williams. I couldn't think of Was that an okay Robin, Robin Williams, Williams impression? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was, that was okay. Yeah, 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 Thank yeah, yeah. you. That I was really that. good. That was good. All right. So this is one of my all-time favorite movie quotes. It's, it's, it's back and forth. <clears throat> I want you to hold the chicken. Bring me the toast. Give me the check. The chicken uh, for the chicken salad sandwich. And you have broken. Uh, let me rewind that. Go for it again. Go for it again. I want you to hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me the check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. Oh, for fuck's sake. Come on, Ace, you definitely know this. Is this true romance? No. Pulp no. Fiction? No. No, it's definitely not Pulp Fiction. I want you to hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me the check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? Sex, lies, and videotapes? I want you to hold it between your knees, and then he clears the table. I don't know. Yeah, me either. Five easy pieces, Jack Nicholson. He plays oh. Bobby. Damn it, son. I was hoping somebody would get that. Sorry, right. buddy. Here's an Sorry, easy one. buddy. Here's looking at you, kid. Casablanca. Thank you. Fucking. Who says it? Come on. Rick. Give me the goddamn thing. All right. Uh, here lies the body of Mary Lee. Died at the age of a hundred. Fucking Quint. <laughs> there we go. For the full quote, though. Here lies the <laughs> here lies the body of Mary Lee. Died at the age of a hundred and three. For fifteen yes, years, she, she kept, kept her virginity. Quite a record for this vicinity. There it is, buddy. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right, next quote. She's a breath of fresh ass. Pardon me? Oh, shit, I know this, too. What? Oh, shit, I know let this. Me, let me finish it. You said ass. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said it's nice having her on board. She's a breath of fresh air. All right, let's just get some shut ass. <laughs> Down Periscope? Fuck. No. No, that, that's Adam Sandler, isn't it? No. Is it not Adam Sandler? Fuck, what is this? Oh, Ben Stiller? No. Oh, shit. Come on, I know this fucking she, movie. She's a nice... She's, she's a breath of she, fresh ass. Jim Carrey? She's a breath of fresh ass. Pardon me? What? Me, myself, and Irene? You said ass. No, I didn't. Yeah. I said it's I nice, know, it's I know nice having her on board. God she's a breath it. of fresh air. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, all right. Well, let's just get some shut ass. Fuck. Oh, shit. Fuck. No. Oh, no. That. Oh, evolution. I can't believe you don't know this. Is it evolution? No. It's not evolution with no. fucking... Oh, come on. All right. Fucking, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Wild Wild West. God damn it! It's God Artemis and Jim it. Gordon. <laughs> and I was thinking Danny DeCutney and fucking Orlando <laughs> Broom. I didn't know it was Will Smith and the other white guy. All right. Fuck! I knew it! God damn it. The only way you can beat my crazy was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. Jim Carrey. Oh, I no. knew it the Tom minute Cruise. I met you. It's Tom I'm sorry. Cruise. I, hey, motherfucker. I'm just saying it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> the only way you can beat me, uh, beat my crazy was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. 
I knew the minute I met you. I'm sorry it took me so long to catch up. I just got stuck. Tom Kurt. That's not Anybody? One more time? I don't yeah, know yeah, why. give it to me again. Give it to me again. The only way you can beat my crazy was by doing something crazy yourself. Thank you. I love you. I knew it the minute I met you. I'm sorry it took me so long for uh I'm sorry I'm sorry it took so long for me to catch up. I just got stuck. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind? No, no same no, it's genre. No, it's not. It's not. Um shit. Shit. Is it's, it Jason Siegel that says it? It's not. It's not. Fuck. Is it Oh fuck. God damn it. I it's know that too. From Silver Lining. Oh, that was it. God damn it. Oh. And the last one, last one, Ace, this is for you because I wrote this down after you had said something earlier. He can fuck really hard or he can fuck really gently. He's the best. Savages. No. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It sounds it's, like Fight Club, but it's not. It's not. He can fuck really hard or he can fuck really gently. He's the best. Oh, fucking Boogie Nights? Yes! Yeah. Thank you! Yeah. Thank you, fucking Roller Girl! Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Where, where do you guys Nights. stand? Who won that one? Ace did. Three to two. Three yeah, to two. Yeah. Damn, son. Good job. Not Good so job. Bad. All right. Not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, counterclockwise or Ace? Or? Andrew, go. All right. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, I don't have cards to give you guys, so we'll just keep... I'll write that number. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. that's I like fine. It. I like it. I this like is it. fun. Okay. <laughs> so first uh, movie challenge quote. Um, I used some more generic ones. Um, sure, that's fine. I felt it, like I used generic ones, but apparently those were deep. Uh, I thought you were gonna lose like Gone with the Wind and fucking other side of the wind <laughs> and some other Oscar Wilde shit. All right, <laughs> leave the gun, take the cannoli. Godfather. Godfather. Who says it? Michael. Oh no, it's uh, urgh. it's the goon. I, I don't know his goon. name. I don't know his name. Because you guys both said it at the same time, so whoever says it. I said it first. Yeah, that, the record that's will the show. That's the, the record will show. So I said it, it first. I can't I can't. I don't know who, who said, said it. it. Clemenza. Clemenza. It was no. one of the goons. It was one oh, of the goons. It was one of the goons. Clemenza. Yeah. He just said Clemenza. Oh. It was one of the goons. All right, number two. All I've ever wanted was an honest week's pay for an honest day's work. Goodwill hunting. No. Definitely not. Not even, not even remotely not close. No, not even it was a mafia. It's right. mafia-ish. It's not. It's not? All I wanted was what? All I wanted was an honest week's pay for an honest day's work. It's a comedy. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I'm stumped. No? Neither of you? Neither. Ooh, don't answer for me. Neither. <laughs> Sergeant Bilko. From? Steve Martin, Sergeant Bilko. Have you never seen Sergeant Bilko? I've never seen Sergeant Bilko. No, what is oh that? Oh my the god! The title dude. of the movie is Sergeant Bilko. Sergeant Bilko. It's like from late uh, late eighties, early nineties. Never seen Steve it. Martin and Phil Hartman and um, no, you got me good. Uh, my dad's gonna hate me. He loves Steve Martin and the and uh, the wife from uh, fucking Californication, um, <gasps> the, the dark haired one. Oh oh fucking Marcy. Marcy. Marcy yep, oh, she's in it. She's yeah. young in it. It's, it's wow. She's of, young in it. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Scene. Oh right. shit! Like, okay. I'm not kidding. Sergeant okay, Bilko, wow. uh, number three. Marriage is like an unfunny, tense version of Everybody Loves Raymond, but it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. Are you quoting me? N no. Yeah, he's not. You're not a movie. No, but like I've said that. <laughs> um. Uh, that seems more modern. Definitely would be. Yeah, it seems more modern. Uh, is it uh crazy stupid love? Where'd you get that? I don't know. I just usually read it that. one more time. Read it one more time. Okay. Marriage. <clears throat> Marriage is like an unfunny, tense version of Everybody Loves Raymond, but it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. 
Is that Vince Vaughn? You're the delivery too. I was no, just about Vaughn? to say, no. can you do no, the delivery? I, but commit. That, can that you commit is, to? Hold on. Can you commit to the delivery? Is it Vince Vaughn? It's not. No. If it was Vince Vaughn, you'd be able to tell. No. Like, <laughs> you'd be able to tell because it's kind of up here. It's kind of a uh, marriage is like an unfunny, tense version of Everybody Loves Raymond, but it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. Sounds like Eeyore. I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't know. That? I feel like the delivery's on point, but I'm not getting it. Who is it? Yeah, what is it? It's Paul Rudd and knocked up. Oh shit! Shit, oh, that's right. Yeah, I know exactly the scene you're talking right. about. Yep. I know exactly oh, the scene, mm-hmm. dude. We're zero zero right now. I know we're fucking up, buddy. <laughs> no, you have one. Oh, I do. Yeah, I got, got Godfather, just not Clemenza. All right, number four. Go. I'll tell you what. I'm never fucking eating the Benihana again. I don't care whose birthday it is. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Goddamn, uh, motherfucking Jonah Hill. Donnie Azov. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, his phosphorescent teeth. Searching for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> Jesus hate. Christ. Is that fucking Mean Girls? No. no. Same category. <laughs> Easy A? Nope. Legally Blonde? Nope. Fucking hell. Just gonna keep listing all those yeah, movies. Yeah, just fucking eight. Say it one more time. It's actually a more impactful movie than the one... So, searching for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Pauly Shore movie. Can you give me the actor? Alicia Silverstone. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, Clueless? Yeah. Okay. Fuck. fuck I, I won't fuck take you. that yeah, because I asked for the actor. Okay. I don't know that fucking movie. Come on. Carry on. What do you got? When I was your age, they would say Departed. we could become- Yep. Come on, man. Nailed it! Motherfucker! Yep. <laughs> do you want to finish the quote, though? It was the delivery, wasn't it? It was the delivery. That was a good jack. You're that was a good jack. When can you, can you do... You when I was your age, they would say we can become cops or criminals. Today, what I'm saying to you is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, what's, what's the, the difference? difference? Yes, I'm so happy you used that quote. Okay. Number seven. Would you please put some pants on? I feel weird for having to ask you twice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, I'm about to pull an ace. Oh, what the fuck? I know that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I know. Say I feel it one like more time. Would you please put some pants on? I feel weird for having to ask you twice. It's not Sarah. Oh, it's uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting... It's, it's no, not. I was just saying Sarah Marshall. Oh, oh, um, oh, shit. I, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm oh, stumped. I'm I, thought was, I thought it was Sarah Marshall, too. Shit. I feel weird having to ask you twice. Oh, what no, it? what is what it? it? The Hangover. Oh, fuck. Because, yes, it's... Oh, Alan, when they wake Alan, up, please Alan. put on some pants? <laughs> uh, That's good. Damn it. Okay, that's God a good one. damn it. Number eight. <laughs> Well, uh, why, don't, why don't you give me your number in case anything happens to my wife? <laughs> that was Vince Vaughn. <laughs> was that Wedding Crashers? Nope. No. <laughs> That's, um, oh shit. That was a good bit. Do your Vince Vaughn again. Well, oh, why, why, don't, why don't you give me your number in case anything happens to my wife? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Is that, a, is that Swingers? No, no, that's not Swingers. Fuck. He's uh, not in, he the is movie in with him and Reese Witherspoon? Nope. No, Breakup. Nope. Mmm. Neither of you? Nothing, Come dude. on! I got nothing. He's only in so many movies. It's, it's old school. That is old school. Fuck. It is. Uh, okay. Whatever. Yep. All right. This, this one's funny. I actually don't know if you guys are going to, if you've seen this one enough to know the quote, but I think it's hilarious. All right. One semester we took criminology, for Christ's sakes. Who the fuck are we studying to be? Batman? <laughs> I have no idea, but that's a funny quote. Is that Animal House? Mm-mm. What is it? Kind of same stick. Um, National Lampoons? No. It's, it's not an obscene gesture, is it? Mm-mm. No, it's not the movie about the guy who made Animal House and shit. Nope. Fuck. One more time. 
One semester, we took criminology, for Christ's sake. Who the fuck were we studying to be, Batman? There's a Boston accent. Is it Casey Affleck? No. Is it B Ben? Sounds yeah. like Shippy. It sounds uh, like Shippy. Who I don't it? know it. I definitely don't know it. It's from Clerks 2. Randall says it. Oh, Randall. Oh, oh good. Really? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's funny. That's good. I like that. That's good. Was that 10? No, this is 10. Okay. What's, what's number 10? What do you got? What? What? So, so I gotta sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg? <laughs> oh, uh, super bad. Yep. Yes! Yep. Nailed That's it. Good. Yep. Yep. Alright, so Belts won that one Belts for sure. won that one. That's Boom! it for me. Sure. Alright, Ace, sure. what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Alright. Yeah, buddy. This is fun. Yeah. Here we go. Number one. <laughs> Are you guys having fun? This is fun. Yeah, I'm, thrilled. This. I'm thrilled. <laughs> what do you got, Ace? Jesus Christ, you could choke a dozen donkeys on that. Uh, Lockstock. What do you do when you're not buying f stereos, Nick? Financing revolutions. Snatch. No, that is Lockstock. Oh, it is. Okay, I, I knew it was. I just love that. Fuck yeah. Eurotrip. You could choke a dozen donkeys on that. Yep. All right. This is, this is a pretty long Does one. Sound I'm going like to I'm gonna, I'm gonna see who chimes in first. What if there's more super monkeys in that lab? What if there's an army up there or some shit? Holy shit! Maybe it's like a conspiracy, like in the X-Files. Roswell style. This little monkey fuck could be the damn dirty ape that's responsible for the fall of mankind. In this world gone mad, we won't spank the monkey. The monkey will spank us. Oh shit, I'm torn. I Rise feel like, of the Planet of the Apes? I feel like you're quoting Jay. After the fall of these monkey fucks, we'll start wearing our the clo our clothes in their image. It sounds like Brad Pitt. I was gonna say, I thought it was Fight and Club. And when for only those as super smart as me are left alive to bitterly cry, You maniacs! Damn yous! Damn yous all to hell! Charleston Heston, Planet of the Apes? Shit, no. Not on my watch, motherfucker. Is this still the same quote? Yeah, it's still the same quote. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, Andrew? It it's, just you, it's just no. you keep taking long pauses. I don't know it. I, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to chime in, and it's Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Okay, I thought it was Jay. Did I yeah, say that out loud, or did, did, I, or did I, I just think that? I didn't know that. Did I say it, or did I get... Did I say that out loud? <laughs> All right. Uh, did I say that? Did I say that, or did I right, just think? Uh, I believe it? it was you that got Lockstock first. Mm -hmm. I right. got Lockstock, and I thought I said Jay. I thought I said I couldn't. Clerks. I, I didn't hear Jay. It's not I Clerks. Thought it's I Jay said and Bob Strike Back. It's not. It's not Clerks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Valid. All right. That was a good Jay impression, though. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, number three. You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Very good. Damn. Very son. good. Very good. I was going to say Wall very Street, good. but that no, was very yeah. good. Very good. That's one of my favorite monologues ever. All right. Here's number uh, number four. <laughs> Here's to swimming with bow legged women. Jaws, Quint. Fuck. Very good. Motherfucker. Very good. All right. Uh, this, this is going to be a race to the finish because I know you guys are going to know this one. This is going to be a race. Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Dodgeball. Damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Son of a bitch! I wanted that! I wanted that so bad! Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but it's sterile and I like the taste. 
Okay, crazy guy. I'm I'm not crazy and I'm not a guy. <laughs> Shoot yourself, queer. Shoot yourself, queer. <laughs> I got some hookers in the back. All right, all right, all right. Dude, that was That's a good one. That's what sack of wrenches is for. <laughs> uh, right, what? Right, that was five. Number six. This, this, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, can I build a track around 50 miles to, to, there will to be, be blood. mountains? Motherfucker! Don't be thick in front of Don't me, Al. Don't be thick in front of me, Al. All right, here's a good one. Just so everybody's clear, that was There Will Be Blood. That was There Will Be Blood. And I got that. Yeah, I know you got that. That one was for you. And I think this one is, uh, is for Andrew, but we'll see who chimes in first. <laughs> I haven't needed uh, milk. I haven't needed money since I took Archie's milk money in the Departed. third grade. Departed. Departed. Jack Nicholson. Frank Costello. Tell you the truth, I don't need pussy anymore either. But I like it. I like it. it. <laughs> There's a boat coming up from Gloucester. French will fill you in on all the details. details. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot my cigarette. Forgot okay, my Francis. Eat something. <laughs> Alright, here's another one. A lot of people come in here with no clothes on? No, sir. It's unusual. Oh... Nope. I'll give you it again. <laughs> let me let me let me try to do it. Let me uh, give me, you that let again. Me, let me let me try to do a better impression. Yeah, here. do the impression. <clears throat> a lot of people uh coming here with uh, no clothes on. No, sir. It's unusual. Oh, okay. The impression. Hold on. Come on, boy. You got it. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> no, sir. It's unusual. Oh shit! No, I'm I'm blanking. Do you know? No, no country for old men. I uh, damn it! It's uh, it's motherfucking. Josh oh, it's Roland when he's the getting store. the boots. It's when, when he's he getting the, the boots. That's yes. right. When he gets out of the oh, hospital. Yep. Good, good quote. That was actually a really good impression of Josh Brolin. I thought it was a terrible impression of Josh Brolin. I thought it was a better impression of the clerk. Actually, you're right. It was. <laughs> the clerk was spot on. The clerk was spot on. A lot of uh, people. No, yeah, you, you could have gone a little bit. A lot of people with uh, no clothes are coming in. A lot here. of people coming here with no clothes on. A little bit more uh, drawly. Yeah, a little bit drawly. All right. Number nine. We will pay you $1,000 on the 9th of every month. Can you handle that? No. Fear and loathing. She, she don't do about anything for that. Yeah, you and a lot of other people. Fear and loathing. That's right. That's fear and loathing. Hell yeah. No. We were just quoting that. I haven't seen it enough. We were just quoting it. We made it actually, we had like a good two minute conversation about that. All right. This is going to be another race to the finish. <clears throat> like the last one? I got a couple hookers in my room. Dodgeball. Motherfucker. He's quick to the draw. <laughs> uh, I got some hookers. In fairness, do I get the point because I said it earlier? No. <laughs> I quoted that. I think you still beat me, though. I think you got four. I only got three. Yeah, you did. You got me good. Yeah. I do love this. Uh, what do you say? <sighs> no, thanks, Patches. I think I'm all right. Shoot yourself, queer. Queer. Shoot yourself, queer. <laughs> Rip Torn is one of the funniest fucking people I have ever fucking seen. My, in my favorite life. is when he gets crushed by the sign and Justin Long goes, Well, I think he went the way he would have wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, crushed by a casino sign. Of luck of the Irish. <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. That, that was, was really fun. fun. I had a great time. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for watching. This has been Been Drinking, Been Watching. I'm Matthew Belts. I'm Andrew Hogan. And I'm Alex Caimano. Peace. Later. Cheers, everybody.